You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your charming and loquacious host, and with me is my partner. The better looking one, it's Rocco. Okay, the delusional one is here today. Uh, oh, you know, they know. Luckily, they, they know. They, they know. know. The truth. Listen, they know that's why they keep us on podcast and not on videos. Neither of us is making it to the. You know, <laughs> we we just ain't ain't at that movie star level, brother. Maybe if either of us had hair, that might help. But yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, well, there was uh, there, there was a guy on Jeopardy the other night. He had a mohawk. Oh, a there you go. Mohawk. <laughs> hey, listen, if I could grow a purple mohawk, I'd have one. <laughs> I'd be a happy guy. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, I miss my hair. So, all right. So what are we talking about? Today? Oh, I know what we're doing today. So so what I want to do is I wanted to talk about BIM today, right? Common topic. We've talked about it a bunch of times before, but I want to get back into it today. And, you know, and for those of you who might not know in this day and age, right, BIM is building information modeling. Um, and, and what I really want to talk about, I want to start with talking about what it is and what it isn't, right? And how to best integrate it into both your design and more importantly, I think, into your build, into the actual construction side. Um, and for starters, you know, I, I want to make sure that all of our listeners understand the difference between 3D modeling and BIM, right? I, I think that most folks tend to think that they're the same thing, but they're really not. Um, and, and I certainly, I understand the confusion, right? Because very often they do come packaged together. Uh, you know, 3D models are just an, an ideal carrier for BIM information, Um but each of those items are separate and independent entities, you know, even though it's really for, you know, really common for them to come you know, bundled in, in, in one package. And I tell people, you know, think of it like this. It's like driving a car to your friend's house. Right? You and the car, you both show up at the same time, right? But your individual items, right? <laughs> even though you showed up together, right? you, you're the BIM in this scenario, right? You're getting out of the car. The car is just a carrier. That's what the 3D model is, uh, right? You know, BIM's a passenger modeling is the car. Um, and, and the logical place to store BIM data, right, is in the item in your design that it actually refers to, right? It makes perfect sense, right, um, you know, to put the fire rating of a wall on the actual model wall itself, right? Uh, you know, but, but the thing that we need to understand here is that, you know, BIM data can be separated from its model entirely and still be a valid and important aspect of the design build process. Um, and, and what it really comes down to, I guess, is it's, it's the formal uh, level of development, right? What, what, what we refer to as the LOD. Um, you know, the, the LOD that the information is being built for. Um, and, and different LODs require different amounts of visual or modeled information, right? And some of them, some of these LODs don't have any related graphics at all. Um, you know, and, and the, the LOD levels are numbered, you know, 100 through 500, and they have different requirements, both graphically and data related. Um, and, and I think the confusion in, in this BIM area between the models and the BIM that, that 
hits most of us, um, is that we tend to see here in the construction world, we, we usually receive and see BIM information only at the LOD 350 level, right, which is the standard for construction documentation. And don't worry, I'm going to talk about the LODs and what they are in just a little bit. Um, you know, but but we, we get that bundled as part of the 3D model because that's the requirement for construction. Um, and that's all we ever see. So they're always integrated together and we tend to, to confuse the fact that they are separate. Uh, so Rocco, do you find that, that, that most of the people that you talk to, they are, are they comfortable with the idea of, of the LODs and, and, you know, what they mean? Or are they still thinking that the 3D model and BIM are the same thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's because of the, you know, a, a lot of times I'm talking to people at the entry level stage, but it, it, LODs don't come up, you know, it's always, it, it, it's, it's, and we're going to get into this in more depth, right? But it's always, you know, we've been doing 2D forever and we need to get into BIM, you know, and we need to get into Revit. That, that, those are where the, most of my discussions are held. It's not really at, <laughs> at or around the, the LOD discussion. Yeah, sorry about that. Didn't mean to cough in your ear there. Just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it is kind of a funny thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Excuse me for one moment. You okay there, Jim? Are you falling apart <coughs> on us? Ah, man, I'm dying. I had to hit the mute button there. I was like, ooh, suddenly coughing. I apologize, folks. Um, have a beer. Have a beer. Yeah, see, if I had a beer, I wouldn't be coughing. I'd be smiling and laughing. Uh, or at least sleeping, one or the other. I don't know which anymore. I'm too old to, to get crazy. More than one beer and I'm snoozing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, it, it is actually kind of funny, man. Your, your point is real valid, right, that, that a lot of folks just, they're like, oh, we want BIM. We need to get into the BIM. And, you know, the concept is, is, is it's like talking to your grandparents the first time they want to get onto the Internet, right? And they're like, we, we want to use the Googles. Teach us how to use the Googles. It's like, I bet that's not really what it is. It's the same kind of concept. Um, but, let, you know, let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the LODs, right? Just, just to kind of get an idea of what each one of them is. Um, so we're going to start at the, 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 the base one, right, which is the LOD level 100. Um, and, and very often it's referred to as, as conceptual BIM. Um, and usually it, it uses only 2D symbology. Right? And maybe some rough 3D massing elements just to show where you know how things are going to tie together, um, with very basic uh, BIM information relating to you know approximate sizes and materials. Right, it's very basic. It's it's what you'll see in the initial stages of a design. Um, <clears throat> from there, we're going to move up to, to LOD 200. Right, it kind of goes in, in these 100 step increments. Um, and and LOD 200 is you know what we call the the approximate BIM. Um, and, and, you know, the graphics can be a, a blend of both 2D and 3D. Um, and, and the BIM data at this level is usually a little bit more reliable and planned out, right? You know, for example, uh, you know, a door size and location, is it's likely correct at this stage, right? And its fire rating is probably accurate at that point, right? Um, and, and then there's actually, there's a bit of a blend, right? And, and here's where we're going to get into the next two, right, which are LOD 3 and 350, Right, 350 is kind of the oddball there. It came in later as it got a little bit more refined. Um, and, 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 you know, this is what we term the constructible BIM, right? And, it, and it's the one we most often see in the construction world. And this is where the model is usually, uh, you know, fully three-dimensional, right? With all the BIM details for each component being well-defined, right? Things like, you know, uh, the make, the model, the color, the, you know, the, the ratings, et cetera, for 
individual buildable objects are fully designed and ready for construction, right? And I say down the construction side, this is where we usually get into those. Uh, and we see the blend of that and LOD 350, which is really similar, right? But 350 takes it one step further in that it, it takes those individual objects that are fully designed and it includes the connections and the crossovers between different systems. Um, you know, in other words, you know, LOD 350 will, you know, include things like, you know, wall penetration details and, and uh, you know, connection details between the HVAC and the electrical control wiring or connections on how to, you know, do steel beam to girder connections, things like that, right? It's, it, it gets more into the connection and how those things are actually built. So it's very much like LOD 300, but it's a step higher, okay? Um, and like I said, those are the levels that most of us in the construction world are almost always going to get because those are being prepared for the build, okay? But there are actually two more levels that go beyond that. And, and the next one is the LOD 400. And this is what we call fabrication level BIM. Um, and there's usually a lot more focus on the BIM here than the 3D model. And in, in, in fact, the model in some cases can be left out entirely. You no longer need the actual 3D model. Uh, what LOD 400 is, is giving the detailed uh, sizes, dimensions, you know, materials, uh, you know, component connection ports uh, that you need to build objects, right? Things like casework and windows and doors, right? Things of that, that nature, right? You know, the things they're going to do in the factory, right? So the 3D model isn't really important at that level at all other than as a reference, right? So in a lot of cases, they, they leave it out and just give that, that BIM data to the manufacturer, right? So it's LOD 400. Um, and really the last LOD level is LOD 500, as you would have guessed. Um, and it's probably the one that's used the least. Uh, and, and this is the as-built level, right? Where every item, connection, uh, yeah, and full BIM data for every single component uh, is set to correspond to real-world locations and installation parameters, right? You guys may have heard this, you know, referred to as digital twinning, right? It's where we're building the actual building to every, you know, to the greatest level of detail we can in the digital world. Um, you know, and, and, and this can use the 3D models extensively, uh, but it, it can also be output uh, in another way, right? As strictly text-based data, right? For, for record, right? And facilities maintenance and O&M control of the building lifestyle or life cycle, excuse me, within a, uh, a building management system, right? So you can export just the data to import into your, you know, whatever ERP type of building management system you're working with there. Um, so, you know, Rocco, do you, do you find that, that most people are comfortable staying within that, that LOD 3 to 350 range? Um, or, you know, are there clients that you work with who see the benefit, right, of moving beyond that to offer more value kind of to the, to the project owners at the end with, with higher levels of in? I think it depends on the, um, I, I think the, the, the larger the firm, the more they're, they've been using BIM, the more they get into these, these higher levels. Um, I, I don't think that your, that your average, uh, let's say smaller firm, individual architect is, is, is working at that higher level of, um, of LODs is that is that a fair statement? No, I think that, that's a, no, I think it's a really fair statement. And I think you're right, right? It, it, like anything else, there's a learning curve. You're you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna jump into Formula One racing when you don't have a driver's license. You know what I mean? You have right. to start with the smaller 
uh, you know, steps and work your way up to that, learning what, you know, all the different components are and how BIM works at the different levels of development, you know, before you really can provide anything that's effective at those higher levels. So, now I think it's a, it's a, a real good point. Um, all right. So, you know, one of, one of the biggest struggles I think we, we see on the construction side of the house uh, is, is getting field personnel, right? Our project managers, our superintendents, guys like that to actually be able to access and make use of the BIM data, right? Rather than just the 3D modeling. Um, and, and look, I get it. It's taken years for us to get them to use, you know, the models for, you know, interference checking and verifying, you know, item locations and so on. Uh, you know, the truth is construction folks aren't always the most tech savvy people. Uh, you know, they're experts at building things, not necessarily using CAD and BIM software. You know, the next step is, to my mind, you're at the more important one, right, which is, is, is getting them to use the actual BIM data, right? You know, getting to the information, you know, on our imaginary doors, fire rating, right? The, what, what's the lock set type, the hardware type? What's the swing direction? What finishes it? Those are really important things, you know, especially if you have any kind of a question or, you know, if the, the scheduling isn't readily available or if you're missing you know, the page or the pages with that data from your construction document set. Um, you know, and, and I think a key step to resolving that issue comes down to the ease of use of the software and the files that are being used to deliver the BIM data to the construction personnel. Um, you know, a number of very popular BIM systems in, you know, in the design world are proprietary, right? It means that they, you know, to access their data, the builder has to have the same exact software as the designer. And you need to understand how to use that specific BIM system. Um, and, and, and really, the problem is that those systems are built for designers, right? And not just designers, but like Rock was saying earlier, designers with extensive training and a design background, right? And, and they're not really geared out for a construction superintendent to easily work with. Um, you know, and, and, and not only that, right, putting that aside for a minute, but those large 3D BIM modeling packages are really expensive. They cost thousands of dollars per annual license, and their file sizes are huge. They're just prohibitive in, in trying to access them, right? You just can't get to that info on a tablet or a phone when you're, you know, 12 stories up on a new high rise, right? Now, the good thing is that the industry is actively working on developing new software and systems of delivery that will address these issues. Uh, and when we come back after a quick break, I want to talk about some of those systems and processes. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jim and Rocco with Zentech Consultants, and we wanted to talk to you today about Bluebeam Review, the premier quantity takeoff estimating and markup software for PDF out there on the market today. And at Zentech, we are a premier Bluebeam partner here in the U.S. We're here to help you guys with all your Bluebeam needs from software sales to training, consulting, configuration, and everything in between in all things Bluebeam, from the standard version to the extreme version and anything else you might need. So, in terms of Bluebeam, Rocco, how do people reach out to us if they want to start that conversation? Yeah, just hit up our website, give us a ring, or send us an email, or through Osmosis, that works too. Osmosis you know, is said, good. Yeah, zentechconsultants.net. 
or sales at zentechconsultants.net or give us a ring 866-824-4459. All right, Zentech Consultants, your home for all of your Bluebeam software needs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Battle Ball Podcast. We're talking today about accessing kind of your BIM data. Right? And, and one of the things that I pointed out in the first half of the show is that BIM and 3D models are different things, right? And that, that leads me to, to a comment um, that I have to make to my clients all the time, which is that you don't need Revit to work in BIM, right? Look, Revit is a great 3D modeling and BIM system, and it's really, really nice for designers, uh, but it is absolutely horrible for construction people. Uh, yes, there are, you know, there are tools like Navis, right, that let you access the model from the field and, and do basic class detection. But I, I really feel that the proprietary nature of Revit files means that you have to use Revit itself or another Autodesk product, right, to access the BIM data. Right now, to be completely fair here, the Autodesk, you know, the BIM 360 family of products are working towards addressing that issue. Um, but they still really only work with Revit files and they require annual licenses for the 360 products as well as Revit. Um, I, I really, I think they're still too heavily focused in, in the Revit world on design processes, right? And, and they aren't simplified enough to allow for construction people to access the data easily, right? Even if they do shell out, right, for all the needed Autodesk products, right, in their, in their 360 suite. Um, you know, I think that there are better third-party systems for developing and working in BIM out there. Um, and I'll talk about a few today. But I think that, unfortunately, in the mind of the construction world, all BIM is being kind of splattered with the same, you know, distasteful paint as Revit <laughs> in their eyes, right? They're like, they, I can't do Revit, that's crazy, so I want to do BIM. Um, so Rocco, right? are, are, are most folks who need BIM in the construction world still talking to you about Revit or how to access Revit files? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I was saying before. I mean, when, when people think BIM, they, they think Revit. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, I, I, we need to get into BIM. And, and you know, that, that's and, and maybe it's, it's, a, it's a big, at some level, good marketing message that Autodesk has done in being able to, to just whenever people think of BIM, they think of Autodesk, they think of Revit. But that's not, that's what we're saying. It's not always the case. Yeah, and that's why I see a podcast like this, right? And anybody who's giving you information about different options, I think it's really important for, you know, particularly for the construction folks. Um, so look. Yeah, right? and, it's, and it's a big cost difference too, oh. right? That That's, that's a, that's a huge, huge factor. Yeah, I mean, really let's, is. let's face it, the, the, the core of, of the construction folks that, that we work with are small to medium sized firms. And so it, it's important to be aware that there are other options beyond just Autodesk and Revit out there. Yeah, that is a real big thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there, there, there are really, you know, three uh, keys to a successful BIM system, right? Number one, yeah, it, it has to be easy to use for designers, right? And it has to be easy to access and extract BIM information from for contractors, right? Um, you know, and, and, and it also has to be able to integrate with multiple software packages for that access. Um, you know, so, so, you know, luckily, 
there are a number of, of newer BIM packages that meet those criteria. Um, you know, systems like, you know, ARCHICAD and Vectorworks and BricsCAD BIM, you know, I think all three of those do a really nice job in, in simplifying uh, the BIM design process while still leaving the, the information of the BIM open enough for easy access during the construction phase. Um, yeah, and, and BricsCAD BIM is the one I'm, I'm most familiar with since we work with it here at Zentech. Uh, and, and what I like about it from the design side is that the modeling side is, is it's way faster and simpler than what most of us are used to, right, with the packages we're working with today. Uh, you know, it works in, in a standard DWG, right, a standard drawing uh, format. And, and, and it does all of its 3D modeling with the industry standard requirement for IGES format, right, for all the 3D modeling. So it, that means it can just be opened and accessed from nearly any other BIM system. Um, and I, I really love that it's, a, it's that native DWG file, right? So it means you can open up and start from what you know, most of us deal with, which is that typical 2D design plan and layout. And we can build the 3D model from that in just a few minutes. Um, yeah, I will say, I think you know, the, the, the best part about Bricks, BricsCAD BIM, I, I, I find it's the ease of adding BIM data. Right? And like I said, remember, it's a separate thing. We're going to add BIM data to the model. Right? So the idea behind this is that instead of having to keep a, a massive library of specific items right, and then spend forever trying to find the right door, the right window, the right blah, 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 right? which one do I use? Right? BricsCAD has a single tool that'll take your 3D model and you run this tool, it's called BIMify. And, and BIMify converts every 3D object in your file to BIM data using AI and a, and a customizable standard to apply the most common BIM information to thousands of items at once, right? It makes walls into walls and it takes doors into doors and windows into windows and roofs into roofs. It, it, it's an absolutely brilliant system that makes the design end of the BIM equation much faster and simpler um, you know, like I said, then, then what most of us are used to doing now with, with the bigger name packages. Um, so, you know, Rocco, what, what do client, what do the clients say on the design side when they see the, that BIMify tool in BricsCAD for the first time? What's the, and, and what's their response to the, to the BIM package overall? Oh, the, the BIMify is, is huge. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, holy crap, or that, <laughs> that's just amazing. You know, when they see that in action, um, you know, it, it, we're we're all about honesty here, right? I mean, we're not. Yeah, we sell BricsCAD BIM, and and we, we're happy to, to 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 work with folks who are interested in BIM. But you know, a lot of times we do run up against. You know, how, well, how does how does BricsCAD BIM compare with, and 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 how does a file exchange work with Revit? So so that's that's probably the biggest barrier um, that 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 we face. You yeah. know, so. Yeah, it's about, you know, people not wanting to be caught out. You know, we're, we're like you said, you know, Revit is without doubt the number one software out there. It's what all the architects use. And they're looking for something that's easy to just transfer back and forth. And, and you know, systems like, you know, Vectorworks and ARCHICAD and BricsCAD, they can transfer and they can work with the Revit stuff. But it is a multi-step process because Revit is proprietary. It keeps all of its stuff in an Autodesk controlled file type, you know. Um, and, and that is definitely an issue, and it's something we run up against all the time. Uh, it's possible, but not always a, a, a one-step thing. Um, yeah, it's a matter of, you know, there is a workflow. There's a workaround. It's a matter of, you know, whether people want to want to learn and work through that workflow, and, and how important is it to save money? Because yeah. 
again, there's a big difference in costs. You know, Bricks Cab BIM, you can get as a one-time perpetual license with optional annual maintenance, or you could do it as an annual license, again, at a much substantially less expensive rate than than, than Autodesk, whereas than, than Revit. Whereas with Revit, it's, you know, yeah, you have to pay that annual fee. And it's that what the collection is, is like almost $3,000 a year per license. Yeah. So it, there's, there's a big difference in cost. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. So I think you know, the last thing that we need here, what we're talking about today, is the ability to access the BIM data in an effective way while you're out in the field. Um, and I will say that one of the you know one of the benefits of a system like like BricksCAD is that it, it's affordable enough and easy enough to use that you know the construction firms can actually buy it and give it to their field staff, give them the actual you know software. Um, you know it, it, it's memory consider enough that it'll even run well on a, on a Windows tablet or a light you know lightweight two in one. Um, you know and and what's nice there is that BricksCAD has a built in BIM browser. Right, that automatically structures all of that that building information modeling data into categories that are really easy for you know supers and contractors to search through and find. Right, you know, it, look, are you looking for you know the the specs on a, on a window? Just just browse to the windows category and drill down. Right, or if you're looking for a specific window, you, you know you can sort that browser panel by floors and locations instead of you know by 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 uh, item type with just a single button click. Right? And then now it's like, oh, here's everything that's on the third floor in zone one. Right? You know, the other benefit um, is that you can use most BIM viewers on the market because the data is in that, you know, industry standard DWGIGES, and, and, and it's not a proprietary file type. Um, and I think yeah, ARCHICAT is also really good uh, about file interoperability. It's very easy to access that from multiple systems. Uh, but I do think that their 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 BIM data creation on the design side it's still a little bit too similar to Revit's. It's really almost the same kind of structure that Revit has in terms of its families and libraries and so on. Um, and and I think that VectorWorks, on the other hand, you know, is it, really good at simplifying the BIM side. Right, but they still use some proprietary file types for the BIM data. Uh, you know, and and the controls right, and that, and that can limit. Uh, you know, the access to the data in the field. You have to have uh, softwares that specifically use the vector works type of, of files. And I think that that's very, very limiting. Um, and, you know, look, I, I think the key takeaway here, right, from, from what we talked about today is that all construction companies need to look at tools for effectively accessing BIM in the field, right? and they need to stop running from it, right? And, and, and I think... You know, because they think BIM and, and Revit are the same thing, they don't want to invest that incredible amount of money in Revit and the hours and hours and hours it's going to take to learn Revit. It's not what they do. They're frightened by it, right? But again, you know, BIM and Revit are not the same thing, right? And you can find, you know, better, less expensive, less confusing systems to access and work with that BIM data out there in the field, Right. Um, look, folks, all you need to do is just remember that there's more than one software developer working in this field today. All right. So there you go. There's my soapbox for today. And with that, folks, we're going to let you all get back to your busy day. Rocco, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye, good people. There you go, folks. And we will catch you next time on the Shadow Podcast. 
All right, everybody, today's cattle call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net. Or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.